The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Man, that gets the blood going. But a very, very 
Despiting an ironic choice of an opening gem, I gotta say, Johnny. See, but now after the what's come to be known as the Eye of the Tiger incident, <laughs> you appreciate my version of biting irony. I do indeed. I do indeed. So yes, that is of course Gary Glitter doing Rock and Roll Part Two. Yeah. And personally, I never cared much for for Part One. Yeah. Is there a part didn't do one? anything I, for me? It, I don't even it know. really didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but Rock and Roll Part Two is such an iconic song. Everybody knows it. Everybody's heard it. They play it. Deal. Which is very curious, considering, yes, considering like Glitter. most things, right? The the woke uh. culture, uh, probably not big fans of this song, and of course of Gary Glitter. Seriously, seeing as though he's a convicted pedophile. Yeah, didn't he like move to Taiwan or some shit? To Thailand, Thailand, yes. so he could molest children twenty four seven or something. Well, one can only speculate on that. Right, right. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a tarnishing uh, yeah. thing. Boy lovers. But yeah, in this in this day and age of like pandering to the woke culture. It's yep. amazing that they get away with playing that in so many different pro it, sports events. And it's such a great... It, it's a song that uh, alerts you in, in a Pavlovian sense. Something big is about to happen. You're yeah. about to be entertained. Yeah. So here's Rock and Roll Part 2. We have been so conditioned. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's true. So that's why it's our opening jump for today because yeah. we're talking about... In our uh, own unique way. Yeah. I, I appreciate letting me run with this one, Johnny. And... Uh, and Obviously, uh, the contribution of the opening gem kind of sticks the knife in it <laughs> to a great degree. But, uh, but yeah, I was reading a, uh, a story in the Boston Globe, uh, you know, the Woke Agenda newspaper for anyone who's, of course, who's interested, uh, asking about accountability, specifically with the NFL. I think of a man, and I take away reason and accountability. And uh, I thought that was kind of a hilarious concept. Uh, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, in 2018, pro sports in North America generated over $71 billion uh, U.S. money. That was up from $48.8 billion back in 2009. I'm not sure people realize the level that pro sports are at right now. Mm -hmm. And... and Playing a Gary Glitter tune is kind of the epitome of it. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, we're rich. Right. You know, an accountability. Can we really, in, in, in your opinion, can we really expect accountability from these people? Not at all. No. And it's, I'm glad you pointed out that, that jump, uh, which is, is almost like science fiction. It's fucking you know? stunning. And on, on a science fiction note, you know, I just want to throw this early comparison out there as we yeah. continue to, to flesh this out. You remember the the movie The Last Boy Scout? I do. Okay, a yeah. very good underrated Bruce Willis flick. And kind of, kind David of a, Wayans played a good character. Yeah, in kind it. of a B movie that that right. had, had a little bit more impact than people expected. And you know the, the basic plot and and the the evil character that was the football team the owner. The owner, yeah. It's like I always say. I mean, we're naive to think that in in a business with this many billions getting thrown around on a daily basis, quite literally, that these like in this case NFL owners and kind of you know. Baseball, basketball, same thing. Yep. Careful, son. Just for friends, call me Shelly. You got friends? When did this happen? Some of these dudes are like, like Bond villains. I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> we're, we're talking a different reality, yes. a completely and different that's reality. The best way to put it, from your average sports fan, yep. you know, who sits down, you know, on Sunday afternoon to watch some ball games, or you know, shells out yep. however much you shell out to go see a football game these days. Yeah, you, it's you're talking about people that li live a completely different mm -hmm. existence. Not so much the players, though. The money that they're making these days, I don't know right. of anybody 
in my drinking circle that can relate to this kind of cash, but <laughs> I'm not sure people realize how completely and totally disconnected yeah. they are from and us. If you, if you go back even further, again, on the, the science fiction analogy, the movie with James Caan, the original, yeah. Rollerball. Yeah. Remember that one? Yep. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of like there was no more countries. There was just corporations. Yep. And the yep. corporations owned these Rollerball teams. Oh, yeah. Now, sadly, it wasn't that entertaining of a sport, but still, I mean, you could see <laughs> in some dystopian future the way things are going yeah. that, let's say, NFL franchises could like dictate oh, sure. geopolitical s- situations the way the NBA is with our relationship with China right oh, now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's great that you brought up the rollerball analogy because that was a metaphor. You know, I don't know how many people understood what that movie was truly about. You right. know, they were distracted by... Uh, John Houseman's uh, <laughs> thing. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the idea that Jonathan, you know, the character yep, is played, yep. by, played by James Conn. Did they ever say his last name or no? I, that? I think it's just, cool. he's like a supermodel. He's just Jonathan. Jonathan right. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and the idea that, you know, he could supersede the powers of the owners and whatnot, yep. I guess that's probably something that gives them nightmares every night that, sure. you know, one specific personality, you know, a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan could possibly yep. usurp them power-wise. But in all honesty, not going to happen. No. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll cite <laughs> you an example. Bring it. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, something that hits home for you and I because we're both New, York, New England Patriots fans. But uh, Robert Kraft bought the New England Patriots for 172 million back in 1994. The fucking franchise is now worth 4.4 billion. Right? Can anybody listening to this relate <laughs> to that? I strongly doubt it. Now, in the interest of, of full disclosure, yeah, it was a franchise that was undervalued because previously it was run into the ground. Oh my God, the Sullivan family, and Jesus. then Victor Kayam. I liked it so much, I bought the company. Yeah, he ran the <laughs> team into the ground, yep. and then we had the uh, Irving Fryer exposing himself to yeah. the uh, reporter. Yeah, it was not a good time. No, it definitely was not to be a Patriots fan. And so fan. the Crafts, who made their money in, I believe it was paper. Was it? Uh, yeah, that sounds or about right. Good. I know I they had some so. fingers in, in, in trucking and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But um, they knew how to run a company, and thank God they were lifelong fans. Oh, yeah. They infused it with cash. Yeah. You know, suddenly suddenly they were elevated to the zone that the Dallas Cowboys were in right. as far as their ability to bring in people like Bill Parcells. And it's an excellent example because the Cowboys, uh, really a similar tale, yet Jimmy Johnson, as unlikable a fellow as he might be, excellent self-promoter, oh, you yeah. know, and really rode that America's team horse into the oh, ground. Yeah. yeah, are we talking about Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones, yeah. Yeah, the owner. yeah just so you know, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are the wealthiest sports franchise out there. They're yeah. worth, because I, I, it seems to me the figure was $5.7 Yeah, they own the process. Yeah, you know, everything from the t-shirts that are sold to yep. where the people sit owning the stadium, lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. I mean, it's and that's the modern, in my opinion, you could say maybe the Steinbrenners, but to me, uh, Jerry Jones is, is the beginning and the end of the blueprint of the modern sports Very owner. much so. Very much so. And yeah, I mean, you could argue maybe he's done more harm than good as far as their win-loss percentage. <laughs> That's a story for another day, but yeah. the fact that... And have I told you how much I fucking hate the Cowboys? And, he, and him and his team are super hateable, but... Oh, yeah. The, the America's team thing, the balls. Right. Let's compare and you contrast know. the fortunes of... And this is not our main thing, so I'll dip in and out of this point. Yeah. Let's compare the fortunes of, say, the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Jets. Oh, okay? Jesus. Yeah. The New York Jets, <laughs> not a very storied franchise, but a loyal fan base yep. in the largest market in the country. Yep. 
hasn't sniffed a championship because their owners, them Johnson brothers, don't know the head from their ass. Oh, yeah. Okay, they should stick with Band-Aids and ointments. Oh, God. Well, you see a franchise that's mired in failure for as yes. long as they have been. That's an ownership problem. We're looking at you, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> We're looking at you, Dan Snyder, and the Washington football team. And it's, you know, being fans of a franchise that did it the right way and turned it around yep. because of, there's really no other reason you could throw in Belichick and Brady all you want, but without the crafts, putting that together, yep. building the stadium, invigorating the fan base, becoming part of the community, oh yeah, you got nothing. Yeah, yeah, but it's just it's just completely stunning where we've gone from 2009, right. for example, to now over the last. 10 and we years. use you know we wax philosophically on our team and our you know because mm-hmm. they're the good guys or whatever. But yep. more to your point, none of them are the good guys. No, and they are kings and queens that we the fans have created. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 the bottom line yep. that I think has to has to hit home with everybody. You know, when you're talking about this bullshit idea of accountability mm-hmm. for these people that live in another galaxy than than we <laughs> right. do. You know, it's yeah, it was it was us. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. That built the monster. You know, and it's just it's I mean, again, you know, I don't want to get bogged down in facts and figures, but I mean, you know, Roger Goodell is a good example. This is a guy who's been paid approximately $63 million over the last two years. Do you think he really gives a shit about your definition of accountability? Not even a little. No, he's on a different <laughs> planet than you are. Completely different planet, you know? So forget that frivolous notion, yeah. you know, because he ain't playing. And right. he doesn't have to. And the owners aren't going to play by propping him up because he's making them money. Yeah. Oh, of course. So we as a fans, I don't think anybody in the United States proper could give two shits if there's a team in London or Mexico City. But you know what? Roger Goodell cares about it. Yep. And that means the owners care about it. Absolutely. <laughs> because all they Absolutely. see is dollar signs. Yeah. And, you know, as New England Patriots fans, we have a particular axe to grind with Mr. Goodell. Yeah. You know, about the whole deflategate bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but again... You think he gives a shit what you or I think? Nope. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. And quite honestly, if we're being honest here, if I was in his position, I wouldn't care either. Right. I really wouldn't. You know, I mean, it's hard to try and put yourself in those shoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, how in the hell could anybody, you know, on the street, so to speak, relate to this? Right. You know, it's just not possible. And to kind of keep things, you know, on on, on a... Uh, this plus this equals that level. Yeah. You know, some major companies um, I just pulled out of my ass to see, like, what they were valued at. Yeah, a little relativity here. As compared to something like the NFL, which is, it's entertainment. I mean... That's the bottom line. Call it sports, call it competition. You know, now they got their hands in all the different, you know, online gambling things and whatnot. But at the end of the day... It's entertainment. It yeah. produces nothing except fleeting memories yeah. and jerseys. Okay, and, and it is amazing <laughs> since you brought up this point how they're now embracing gambling. Yes, you know this was verboten shit, right? For how you many know, years? Yeah, you know, two decades ago. Uh, get Pete Rose on the line, so <laughs> you know we can get his take on this. You know, the man has practically been blacklisted from the planet. Yes, um, because he bet on his own team. Yeah. You know, and now we're we're you know these teams are going in into business and into bed with you know DraftKings and whatnot. And the latest one, uh, Caesars has a commercial, which is horrible. JB Smoove playing some Caesar character. I don't know. Yeah. But he's seating at the Thanksgiving esque table with the entire Manning clan. You got Eli, <laughs> Peyton, Archie, and of course Cooper. And yeah. the only saving grace is at the end. He says to him, he's like, "You're Cooper, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being the forgotten Manning. But again, Jesus. here are, you know, if, if the NFL 
in terms of players, had a royal family. It's the Mannings, and here yep. they are in lockstep with sports gambling. Absolutely. You would be deluding yourself, Mr. and Mrs. America, if you didn't think that there was a scandal right around the corner. Oh, yeah. We just invited the fox into the hen house. Exactly. We just invited the vampire to come on in and sit down. And you could think, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you could say to yourself, well, gee, maybe that's why they're starting to give these college players a little something to cushion the, oh, my God, I can make how much blow when they get drafted by yep. the NFL yep. to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, back to my other point, you know, a major company, and I just pulled these again at random, yep. Caterpillar. They make tractors. They make big tractors, little tractors, all and kinds of industrial equipment. Been around forever, too, haven't they? Been around forever, and they're used around the world. Yep. Okay? Yep. They're valued at $78.32 billion. Okay. How much are the Pats worth again? Two point five. Uh, Pats are now worth $4.4 billion, but to put this in a, a better context, um, in 2018, which was probably the last year of normalcy we enjoyed, I don't mm-hmm. know, t- 2019 was kind of kind of normal but just again perspective pro sports in north america generated over 71 billion in u.s dollars and that was 71 one year billion. one year. year right all right and we try to separate you know revenues from net worth okay? yeah yeah so here's one that kind of brings a little closer to home now another okay. well-known brand closer to value with a sports franchise Subaru, the car maker. Yeah. Okay, everybody loves Subaru. Super reliable. Pretty benign. All-wheel drive. Again, yeah. sold worldwide. Yeah. $14.73 billion. Now we're getting a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, in the, they're in the neighborhood. Yep. But yeah, we don't, we don't you know, sit down every Sunday afternoon to watch Subaru do anything. Well, unless you're you a know. lesbian. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry oh, that slipped oh. out. That slipped out. It's an ugly stereotype. <laughs> Oh, I want to go back and edit that. Uh, Hope I remember yeah. how to edit out stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm new with this soundboard. Thank you thing. for putting it in perspective, Johnny. <laughs> Is that worse than calling Rachel Maddow a lesbian back? Oh, don't go there. <laughs> God, don't go there. I love lesbians. Honest hey, to God. Just so love you know, them. you know, in the in the whole list of of <laughs> of you know sports franchises um, that are worth this kind of money, soccer's not out in the cold, folks. Real Madrid is worth four point seven five billion as we speak. Uh, Barcelona is a little bit more, four point seven six billion. You know, that's like, hey, Caterpillar, fuck you, right? You know, because because we play a game. That's all we do. Yep. You know, like you said, we're talking about entertainers, disposable. Yeah, making and our money two hours at a time. Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> about selling you products that you build things with or anything like that. Nothing we're, that would last from say one generation to the next. Yeah, we're you talking know. about something fleeting that you pay attention to as a distraction from the the misery that is your yep. fucking life. Well, here's you know? something even more consumable that we can all relate to. Yeah, Reebok, sporting goods company. Okay, which yeah, arguably. Um, and I believe that they were absorbed or purchased by Adidas. That sounds um, right. So yeah. they're again, we're one of the biggies on the block. Yep. You know. Yep. Reebok valued at two point five billion. Okay. Which now going back to the Pats again, is that less than a <laughs> professional sports franchise? Considerably less. Considerably less. Again, the Pats, you know, and again, you know, me and Johnny Pats fans. So, you know, this comes from the heart. Four point four billion. Yeah. Four point four billion, you know. I mean, it just—it's just—it's hard to wrap your brain around this. It's hard right. to put it in perspective. But getting back to our original point when we started this this particular rant, uh, accountability, 
Are you fucking joking? Yeah. It's Are you too fucking late. joking? That horse is out of the barn. Yeah, wake the fuck up. Yeah. All right, because that ain't happening. Yeah. That just ain't happening. And I guess what, what, what made this a good topic and why I signed off my signature of excellence <laughs> on it was, you know, I, I had to think about it a while and I wasn't in love with it at first, but looking, just looking around in the world we live in right now, where one of the hot button topics in many, many different forms boils down to accountability. Yeah. Whether it be personal, corporate, political, whatever. Yeah. And how different people react to shirking it and what can realistically be expected mm-hmm. of, say, those three different entities. Yeah. Message. And just, just a, again, a little perspective thing. If I remember correctly, the median income for a family in the United States is somewhere around $54,000, I think. Excellent point. around there. Right. You know, um, I would love to see what the average, if there's such a thing, average American family yeah. uh, puts into the enjoyment of professional sports. Yeah. Whether it be tickets, uh, merchandise sales, video games, I mean, you name it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know it's, it, it's healthy, and it's one of those things that's kind of across the board where if you say the average, okay, let's make it even simpler. The average 30-year-old American male yeah. Okay, let's dip into something that we know about or remember. Right. You got your liquor portion coming out of the budget right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, food. Let's say you're responsible. You got rent, electric, all that good stuff, student yeah. loans, car payment. Yeah. I would have to say that when it comes to things, or just to use myself as an example, back in the day, yeah. I would say a steady 8% of my income went towards Sports, sporting events, yeah. merchandise, yeah. stuff that was like related to that. Yeah. That's a big percentage. Yeah, and you can file it all under distractions. Yes, exactly. You know? It's I mean, our form of entertainment. Yeah. I thought I was I was I was killing it when I was thirty working in radio syndication, you know, back in the day out of Los Angeles. My base at that point was sixty excuse me, seventy six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And I was murdering it. Just murdering it. I was killing it. I was sailing. You know, thirty years old making that kind of money. You know, you look at these figures, you know, at, and, and put it in perspective. Uh-huh. That money's a joke. Yeah. It's a fucking joke. It really is. Yep. And, yeah, it's just so we know, you know, what we're dealing with as far as the monster that we have created. Mm-hmm. You know, keep this shit in mind. You know, the next time, you know, one of these uh, pro athletes, these entertainers... <laughs> Um, does something that falls, you know, out of the category of acceptable social behavior. Right. You know, keep all of these numbers in mind Mm -hmm. and adjust your expectations appropriately. Yeah. And remember, don't cry to us as the voice (laughs) of reason when these people aren't held to the same standard as as the body politic. Yeah. Blame yourselves because these are all our Frankensteins, folks. Yep. We yep. like them to jump high and score big, but at the end of the day, they don't give two shits what we think. We're just, you know, they're gods on Olympus looking at the anthill. Yeah. Oh, look, they dug another hole. That's mm. great. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're looking for the enemy. Look in the mirror, people. Because yeah. as they say, what was it you threw at me in the middle? They is us. Yes. Yeah. All right. Ah. So on that dour now note. Now that we've gone down the rabbit hole once so again. Dour. That being said, go Pats. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking good. I got it. They're yeah. looking very good, yeah. but let's not get people angry at us because, okay. you know, there okay. might be some yeah. people yeah. in okay. Queens, New York listening. <laughs> Sorry about your damn luck, Jets fans. Ouch. We can always kick the Jets fans when they're down. Always. But I look, don't, I don't feel now they've got about Joe that, Flacco, you know? which means 
they've got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a nod to mediocrity if there ever was one. But in saying that, I apologize to people with unibrows everywhere. Uh, I know Joe Flacco is a hero there, so I apologize. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Dude, he's got a caterpillar in Does he really? Yes. I hadn't noticed. But he's laughing all the way to the bank. One good season. Yeah. Ridiculous contract from the Ravens. Now you can just pretty much ride that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like he gives a shit what we think. Right. Just like Sam (laughs) Darnold, the biggest bust in the history. And I used to blame Uh, the Jets until I saw him uh, with Carolina. God. But you know what? Here's another one. He's got, I think it's either 17 or 19 million still owed. Yeah. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. He's just like quit tomorrow and just go live on an island or better get buy an island somewhere. Yeah. Before the next concussion. Right. So again, who's the asshole? We are. <laughs> Let's do a gem, Johnny. Let's get the fuck out of yes. this. Oh my god. Oof. All right. Well, middle gem is, is yours. I like it. I like it. And just just you know, to put the icing on the cake, to to slam the door on this particular gem. Um like to throw out a song that I think is very succinct about its uh topic, the influence of capitalism on all of us. Capitalism. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as I'm sure anybody who has listened to this show for more than five minutes knows, this could only be Rage Against the Machine. Uh, and this is a song called Sleep Now in the Fire. All right. We're going to play this one for you, folks. So sit back and enjoy. We will be back in a few minutes, obviously, with some more things and stuff, including another episode of Lyrically Speaking. Oh, my God. And I'm going to kick me some ass. So stay tuned. <laughs> Wake up! 
felt good. I enjoyed that. Because you can't go wrong with a, a little Rage Against no, the Machine. No, no. It makes you want to jump around and break shit. It right. really does. And now, there's, there's that a time said, and a place I, for it. You and know? Indeed, there is. And I got to keep an eye on you now. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's going to be your next uh, automatic go to. <laughs> that, of course, was from the Rage Against the Machine 1999 album, The Battle of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it was kind of funny. It was actually the video for the song that created the controversy. Uh, that surrounds it. That uh, the video was directed by Michael Moore. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, who, who you know invites controversy as as breakfast. I, I wish I had something to throw feces at right now. <laughs> <laughs> my God, folks, if you could see what I see, Johnny just turned oh, a, a amazing. Take my glasses off. I'm, I'm getting a little bit clumped. Shades of crimson. Oh. But it was kind of funny because they. I, I don't know how, but I think the city of Los Angeles got, or the city of New York, excuse me, got wind of it. And issued a decree that the that Rage Against the Machine would never play Wall Street. Yep. And of course, the very next day, Rage Against the Machine played Wall Street. But it was kind of funny because apparently, I mean, and they didn't play in front of the stock exchange; they were <laughs> down the street. But uh, Michael Moore directed the video, didn't have the proper permits, which of course brought the police. Yep. Uh, and when they finally shut down uh, the video, uh, the video shoot for the uh, for the song. Um, about 200 people that had showed up to watch Rage Against the Machine play charged the stock exchange. Oh, boy. Charged it and to the extent that apparently the stock exchange has blast doors. Uh-huh. Now, anybody that's, that's seen Star Wars <laughs> understands the concept Open of... blast doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So apparently they had, to, they had to close the blast doors to keep these people from charging into Wonderful. the actual stock exchange. And they managed to shut it down for a couple hours. And then I believe Michael Moore ate the blast doors. I think he might have. Okay. I think it's entirely possible. I got you. But, uh, but yeah, See, they, it's funny, folks, because he's a fat pig. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Dear Lord. I'm making so many enemies in this show. I like it. So, yes, the doors were closed on the New York Stock Exchange for the day, courtesy of Rage Against the Machine. All right. And it is an entertaining video. If you get a chance, folks, YouTube it. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It truly is. And I say, you know, looking at it, it's there's something about, I don't know if comical is the right word, but when the New York police are out handling some situation and they're out there and they're yeah. full dress blues with a yeah. full length coat and Public all the buttons. disturbance in January mind right. you. Yeah. I mean and then you have a right to look this way but they always look so pissed off. You yeah. know? It's like yeah. you made me come out for this shit. <laughs> exactly. I got muggers and crap I'm trying to catch and I got to deal with you long hairs. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, the Los Angeles PD was like that oh, sure, for sure. years and years. <laughs> you know if you were pulling shit like outside of their uh, sphere of vision yep. you know that was fine but if you strayed in front of their sphere of vision and forced them to react, they overreacted. Totally. You know, because it was like, you're so stupid that you caught our attention. Right. Now you're going to pay. <laughs> you know? That's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, speaking anyway, of paying yes. dearly for transgressions. Oh, here we go. Both past, present, and future. <laughs> it's time for another episode of Lyrically Speaking, that wacky little lyric game show we play. Where do, we you, have a, do we have a theme for this yet? I don't know. We, we, we should have a theme uh, for it. Look, there's only so many hours in a day. This is true. There, There's rumors, there's whisperings of a lost, lyrically speaking, jingle that oh, I will try and find. Okay. But yeah, I'm not making any promises. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So basically, this is uh, where you, the good folks at home, can play along with us. And basically, the gist of it is, we will read each other lyrics from three songs, with one as a tiebreaker, if necessary. 
And the object is the person getting read the lyrics to needs to name both the song and the artist correctly. And they get a point. All right. It's super, super simple. Now, the, uh, the way to play correctly is to <laughs> say the lyrics as robotically as possible. Because yeah, otherwise, don't give anything away. Right. It's, it's human nature. You want to sing them. It is. It's really hard to do that. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. If anybody at home wants to try this, try reciting the lyrics to a song without singing them. It's yep. very, very difficult. It's like reciting the alphabet when you get pulled over for a DUI and not <laughs> singing it. It's tough because the cops say, don't sing it. Yes. And I, this is I a hear. This is, this is a classic example, by the way, of Johnny loading the deck. Because yes. th- this, is, this is John's Give him the best house. part, Mike. Yes. This is going to be uh, strictly focused upon artists and songs from the 1980s. Yes. This was, this was a, an era and a time where I was busy gobbling psychedelic drugs and following the Grateful <laughs> Dead around the country. <laughs> And Johnny was doing the DJ thing, so he knows these songs. <laughs> well, you not know, so much in the '80s, like mantra. But I was just, I was, pop culture was was my '80s thing, and just yeah. absorbing it all, like most you know teenagers do in their respective decade of their sure, teens. Sure, sure. Well, needless to say, you were a little bit more focused during this time period than I right. was. And they say, they meaning psychologists and whatnot, okay. say that you will always identify most with the music that was playing at the time of your teens. Interesting. Over your entire lifespan, those will get in your head and stay there more right. than anything else. That actually does sound accurate. It truly sure. does. Yeah. So that being said, folks, it's all now here's the here's the part where Mike <laughs> trips and falls usually. They need to be super famous songs, mainstream, at very least top 40, no B-sides. Yeah, the obscure shit. Yeah, yeah. not for this game. Yeah. So, okay. that being said, that really being said. right now, the pressure's all on me. You've got nothing to lose. For me, anything less than a victory is just an abomination. Yeah, yeah, but I do have to be wary of listening to you gloat for the next seven days. And, and that will be heinous, trust yes, me. Yes, so, sure. in the grand total, folks, again, for those of you keeping keep the score at home... I am currently in the lead with two victories. Michael has one victory, and then there are two ties. So really, it's anybody's ball game. All right. That being said, would you like to go first, sir? I'll, I'll open it up. All I'll right. open it up. I'll throw you a little softball here. Here we go, baby. Here right, we go. You ready? Okay. Here we can speak. All right. Uh, just an urchin living under the street. I'm a hard case that's tough to beat. I'm a charity case, so buy me something to eat, and I will pay you at another time. Oh my God! I have no idea. Really? You have no idea how hard it was not to sing those those words. That was very difficult. All right. Now again, to remind our audience at home, uh, we're each allowed to use the "Can you say that again?" clause one time yes. per song. I will invoke that now. Fair enough. Okay. Just an urchin living under the street. I'm a hard case that's tough to beat. I'm a charity case, so buy me something to eat. I'll pay you at another time. I don't know. Damn. Didn't think I'd get you with this one. I thought this was a softball. Uh, That was Guns N' Roses, Paradise City. And if I would have guessed something, it would have been Guns N' Roses. But I would have never gotten Paradise (laughs) City. Well done. Woo! Wow, I can't believe I got got away with that one. Because I I truly got away with one on that one. I truly did. Damn it, in the hole already. All right, got to put it behind me. Okay. Are you ready, sir? Hit me. Okay. It's not too hard to figure out. You see it every day. And those who were the farthest out have gone the other way. You see them on the freeway, 
It don't look like a lot of fun, but don't you try to fight it, an idea whose time has come. Damn. You see, now, it's funny because what you want to do <laughs> when you hear the lyric is you want to sing it to yourself mm. and see if, you can, see if that sounds familiar as a song. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke my repeat clause and uh, hit me with that again, John. Right away, sir. All right. It's not too hard to figure out. You see it every day. And those who were the farthest out have gone the other way. You see them on the freeway. It don't look like a lot of fun. But don't you try to fight it, an idea whose time has come. Ah. Those last two lines sound so familiar. Fuck. Hmm. No, you got me. You got me. I got that. I, I got nothing. All right. That is one of your favorite bands. I know because you always tell me the exact opposite. Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, you Hip shit. to be square. Damn. <laughs> How dare you hit me with a Huey Lewis tune? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Keep in mind, all those bands you tell me you hate from the 80s. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> damn near all of them, quite honestly. <laughs> All right, that, was, that, so was, a, zero, that was a cheap zero. shot, damn it. That was a Woof. cheap shot. Oh, my goodness all gracious. All right, all right. <sighs> all right, you ready? Ready, sir. <clears throat> and again, the, the, the hardest part about this is, is deadpanning the lyric. <laughs> so, all right. There's a brand new dance, but I don't know its name. The people from Bad House do it again and again. It's big and it's bold, full of tension and fear. They do it over there, but we don't do it here. David Bowie, fashion. Damn. Nice. Nailed it. Zoom. Nailed it. I am impressed, John. Had it, impressed. First, had it from the first line. The other lines didn't resonate. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. There's a brand new, new dance, dance, but I don't know <laughs> its name. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, boom. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Thought I'd, thought I'd sneak one by you, but not this time. Well, I'll tell you what. Not that this clue's going to necessarily help you, <laughs> but out of the two plus one tiebreaker I have left. Yes, yes. Um... The next two are probably more up your traditional 80s alley than mine. Okay. So Interesting. Should or and or one of these definitely, the other one maybe get it. So okay. here we go with song number two. All right. <clears throat> Can't sing it. Okay. There's no sense in telling me the wisdom of a fool won't set you free. But that's the way that it goes. And... It's what nobody knows. Well, every day, my confusion grows. Shit. Hmm. See, now, another thing you're trying to do tactically is, is grab one line that, that resonates, like you did with just that last one, the brand yeah. new dance line. All right, hit me with that again. All right, here we go. Yeah. There's no sense in telling me the wisdom of a fool won't set you free, but that's the way that it goes, and it's what nobody knows. Well, every day, my confusion grows. Shit, there's something about that last line that sounds familiar. Ugh. 
Nah, I got, I got nothing. nothing there. I got All nothing. Right. That was New Order. Oh, bizarre love triangle. Damn. <laughs> Zing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the one that I thought you were kind of familiar with, right? Because you know, L.A. eighties. New Hello. Order. Right. New Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. you bastard. So, okay, you are over two, sir. What is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Playing for pride, unless I shank this. All right, I'm going to be really impressed if you get this one. Uh oh, that means B side, C side, <laughs> Rolling Stones D side. I'm, I'm defending myself now. <laughs> I'm waiting for the preface. You know, the song actually never went to print, but I heard it <laughs> in an alley, and uh, here you go. Uh, uh. This is this is probably where where D, DJ Johnny Teflon will. will Jump in because I'll, I'll figure I got him, <laughs> and he'll fucking nail it. So, but we're gonna take a chance. We're gonna roll with this. So, all right, you ready? Ready, sir. All right. All the stories have been told of kings and days of old, but there's no England now. All the wars that were won and lost somehow don't seem to matter very much anymore. Wow, that is a tough one. Okay, go with the repeat. All right. All the stories have been told of kings and days of old, but there's no England now. All the wars that were won and lost somehow don't seem to matter very much anymore. Wow. All right. Uh, there's two different artists that I think it could be. Okay. Uh, is it Elvis Costello? No. Ooh. Well then, fuck that. <laughs> that sounds very Elvis Costello-esque. My 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 kinda, B choice kind of close. Kind of you're oh, in the then ballpark. Then I'm definitely off. You're, that. you're, you're in the ballpark. No. Probably Sting or something. No, you're shit. in the ballpark. You're definitely in the ballpark. All right, I got nothing. Okay, that was the Kinks. Living on a thin line. All right. <laughs> See, that was that was my 102 wow. mile an hour fastball. Yeah. You know, you beamed me on that. Yeah. After Johnny hit me with the new <laughs> order, it's like, all right, it's gonna be like that, huh? Okay. Oof. Okay. Here we go. Well, this this opens up everything because chances are you're gonna get this one, and that would put us at that one and one point. We'll see. We'll see. Are oh, you ready, Governor? I'm 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 good to go. Okay. And here we go. Broken down kitchen. At the top of the stairs, can I mix in with your affairs? Share a smoke, make a joke, grasp and reach for a leg of hope. <clears throat> Fuck, I know that. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, all right, just hit me with it again. Here we go again. Yep. Broken down kitchen. At the top of the stairs, can I mix in with your, your affairs? affairs? Share a smoke, make a joke, grasp and reach for a leg of hope. Fuck! I know that. Grasp and reach for hope. Shit. Ugh. I shouldn't have done that last bomb. <laughs> Fuck, probably right? helped, really. Probably this, is, helped. this is going to suck if I cave on this. Fuck. Your affairs. Damn it. This is, this is one of those ones where it's <laughs> right there. It's right <laughs> fucking there. Your affairs. Oh, 
Fuck, I'm drawing nothing. Damn it, I know this. Oh, it's going to kill me. It's going to fucking it's kill gonna, me. It's going to. It's going to. Do you bend the knees, sir? Uh, shit. Now nah, I got it. I, I don't have it. I don't That's have a shame. it. You're really going to punch yourself gonna, in the face. fucking kill me. <laughs> Damn it. All right. What is it? It's the violent femmes. Damn it. Add it up. <laughs> now, if you hit me with a 102 mile fastball, I just hit you with a fucking knuckler. <laughs> Tomato How can. could I not get a Femmes tune? <laughs> Shit! <laughs> That's Grasp and Reach was like hanging there. It was like, I know that, I know that, I know that. Damn it! I enjoyed the shit of that. High five. Happy times. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Fuck yourself. Well, we got some time. We might as well do our, our, our bonus ones. Just you want to do the bonus giggles. ones? Sure. But let the record show. There can be only one. I, I gotta say, my bonus one's a softball. With, with like, the menial one nothing victory. I mean, I'll take it. All right, all right. You, if you don't hit this before I even finish this, I'll be shocked. Oof, I could breathe normally now. I thought for sure you were gonna get that violent fence. Oh tear. man, I, it, but <laughs> it was like rolling around in my head. It's like I know the grasp and reach for a. Yep. Your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. Damn it. But I want to save my tiebreaker with something that I thought was more difficult, but I don't know. All Maybe right. surprise me. All right. Well, this, what do you is, got? this is a true softball. All right. All right. You ready? Ready. I'm rolling thunder, pouring rain. I'm coming on like a hurricane. My lightning's flashing across the sky. You're only young, but you're going to die. Oh, hold the fuck on. Hold oh. It's not a softball, but I have a, a tiny grasp, like a little bird beak grasp on it. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the frustrating thing when you get the one line. And right? Like, Wait and for a me, minute. it's that last one. It just yeah. hooked me, and I'll probably ask for a repeat, but not yet. All right. Let me ask a legitimate question. Yes. It's not a band that you've already mentioned tonight. No, not at okay, all. Okay, okay. Nope. I just want to be certain. Nope. Okay, do the repeat, I'll leave, please. I'll even give you a little hint. It was, Uh-oh. The, it was the front end of the 80s. Front end. Okay. Interesting. All right. You ready? Ready. I'm rolling thunder, pouring rain. I'm coming on like a hurricane. My lightning's flashing across the sky. You're only young, but you're going to die. ACDC, TNT. <laughs> half, I'm TNT. Half, half right and half wrong. Oh, it's not TNT. No, no. You got the artist. You got the artist. It's not back in black, is it? No, 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 no. I don't know. God, you are so in the ballpark. That was ACDC, right. Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells, yep. All right. See how interchangeable all their tempos are? Oh, I'm telling Woof. you. <laughs> that wasn't a softball. That was a good one. All right, all right. I probably should have got that, though, but whatever. I figured you'd nail it. Why wallow in it? But, yeah, it is, it is one of those interchangeable ACDC... Which mm-hmm. you could apply it to a couple other songs and it would fit tempo wise. Okay. You know, they're they're you know, ACDC was amazingly consistent in that respect. Yeah. You know. Well then I will uh, also uh, grant you the boon of a hint on this one. Very good. Um, in terms of genres of the eighties, this band was definitely more rock and roll than anything else. Okay. Like traditional rock band. All right. Okay. Which almost made them stand out a little bit okay. in the eighties. Okay. Here we go. I'd lay in a pile of burning money that I've earned and not even worry about getting burned. 
I'd climb the Empire State, fight Muhammad Ali, just to have you, baby, close to me. Hmm. Well, with the hint, I was automatically thinking Rolling Stones, but that's not a Stones tune. Would I do that to you? Yeah, you would. I wouldn't. That's Dirty Pool. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Give me it again. All right. I'd lay in a pile of burning money that I've earned and not even worry about getting burned. I'd climb the Empire State, fight Muhammad Ali, just to have you, baby, close to me. God, that sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, again, not my wheelhouse. But you know the song. Nah, I don't have it. That is the fabulous Thunderbirds. <laughs> tough enough. <laughs> and there we have it. Ain't that tough enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, hey, good contest. Yeah, no, that was fun. That no was need fun. to, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell the guys, look, don't cue the pyro when you pull away from the studios tonight. <laughs> no need to, uh, to be that kind of winner. Well, you know, when the brick comes soaring through the window. <laughs> yeah. And I say, like, right now, while we're all feeling this state of euphoria, at least I am because, mm. you know, I won. Um, <laughs> what's the next? Shit, here comes the quoting, folks. We've got to establish at the, at the end of one starts the next one. So what is the next genre going to be or decade or whatever? Well, you know, uh, one, one good turn deserves another. Oh. Uh, so, so the next focus obviously should be 90s music. Well, we just did 90s. Did we? And it was a tie. Really? Yes. So okay. your whole stratagem went over like a fart in church on well, that one. Well, obviously, then there's there's no advantage for me in suggesting '70s music, but since we haven't gone there yet, that would that would bring that, it. That would be the next obvious uh-huh. place to go because I wasn't impressed with the odd shit. You know, I really wasn't. <laughs> At least not after 2005. So. True. True. And the '70s—that's a rich, rich vein of mine. It, it certainly is. is. We could have some. We could have some fun with that. All right. So yeah. for the next one. 70s it is, yeah. and I'm sure we'll get to that probably sometime relatively early in 2022. Yeah, First, I'd be curious too if anybody out there listening, you know, was <laughs> was dialed into those lyrics. Right? Who, who got yeah. what? You who, know, and did anybody get all of them? Yeah, because if so, maybe we'll put your ass on the payroll. Just there we saying. go. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. So if you're out there, shoot us an email. Let us know. Indeed. Now, yes. what the good folks at home didn't know is that prior to this, we decided that the final gem of yeah. the episode, uh, we're going to save, we're not going to plan it out, but it's going to be uh, one of the Victor's songs from the 80s. Yeah, this is where I'm glad you didn't use any Doobie Brothers songs. <laughs> <laughs> 70s, watch out, it could be coming. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I mean, I've always wanted to play a Huey Lewis song, which oh, puts the, the poo-poo no. on. That is too I mean, cool. I got a special spot in my heart for, for New Order. Um, the Violet Femmes is well. That's straight up the, the, the Violet Femmes, and of course we got the fabulous Thunderbirds. Yeah. Wow. Tough decisions. Anything but Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, Mr. and Mrs. America, I know that's begging me to play Huey Lewis. I'm I'm waving the the, the red cape in front of the but, bull on that one, no doubt. Right. But being a student of history, I understand that a benevolent king is a successful king. Ah, oh, very good, very good. So we're not going to go Huey, and we're not going to go New Order. Okay. And out of the two, I know we have in in, uh, ancient times, we played a fabulous Thunderbirds tune. So, coming up for your listening pleasure right now is a little tune by the Violent Femmes. Oh, nice. Called Add It Up. And we'll be back in a few minutes with some more things and stuff and a big old... (laughs) 
one kiss Leave me some things I wouldn't miss If I look at your pants and I need a kiss Why can't I get just one screw? Why can't I get just one screw? Leave me, I know what to do But something won't let me make love to you For just one day after day, I get angry, and I will say that the day is in my sight when I take a bow and say goodnight. Oh, my mama, mama, oh, my mom, have you kept your eye, your eye on your son? Know you've had problems, you're not the only one When your sugar left, you left you on the run So mow my mama, mama, mow my mom Take a look now, look what your boy has done He's walking around like he's number one He went downtown and he got all my guns Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me You know you got my sympathy But don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me Don't shoot, shoot, shoot that thing at me Affairs. Share a smoke, make a joke Grasp and reach for a leg of hope Words to memorize, words hypnotize Words make my mouth exercise Words all fail the magic prize Nothing I can say when I'm in your thighs Come on, my, 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 my mother I would love to love you, lover City's restless, it's ready to pounce Go in your bedroom, ounce for ounce and more That's just an angry song and, 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 a, and a very fun throwback. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's like so 1980s. 
Right. Yeah, show literally 1983 off their yeah. debut album, The Violent Family's doing Add It Up. And, uh, you know, we had spoken real briefly about like what the musical culture was for us individually in high school. Yeah. And this definitely would have fell under a group, all my friends that know me are cracking up right now, <laughs> that I labeled as artsies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there be was any band in black. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like, all the cool kids. Right. You know, well, there was... I didn't put it in that light at the no, time, but no. now I see, yeah, it probably yeah. was. <laughs> there was. There was a separation at that point in time, you know, right around the time that the Femmes came along. Between the kids that were getting into that kind of shit, that would eventually become alternative yep. rock, and uh, and yeah, they they were at least at my high school, you know, they were the cool kids. Right. And yeah. I, again, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, same here. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry, all of you artsy types. I rallied against. Ugh. Oh well. Uh, good fun though. Good fun. Good though. fun. That, that good felt fun. good. And of that course, that was stuff. a uh, a dedication to you, sir. And 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 your 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 ass kicking you so woefully endured <laughs> with class and and quiet um, respectability. Uh. So yes, kudos. Hats off to you. I'll see you in the seventies, you piece. <laughs> All right. That being said, yes. You should see me play chess. I'm just as bad. No shit. All right. That being said, I'm going to wrap up today's show because we both would like to add a special sign off and thank you for everything to yep. two broadcasting. Uh, let's use the word legend because sure. they were important to us. Why don't yep. you go ahead? Yep. Um, local legend is is how I would cloak this one. Um, just recently, uh, Red Sox color man broadcaster uh, Jerry Remy passed mm-hmm. away after a bout with cancer, and uh, Jerry had been fighting off the cancer for a good decade, I believe. Yes. And uh, and unfortunately, the cancer finally won. But uh, he was. He was the epitome of an everyman, mm-hmm. uh, which made him a great, great color guy right. for Red Sox broadcast. When he came over to the Sox, I believe he came in from the uh, from the Angels mm-hmm. uh, on the West Coast back in the late 1970s. He was just he was he so appealed to Boston at that time. Right. Boston was a very blue collar town, very gritty town. Sure, uh, had a big, big old chip on its shoulder, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> rightly and, so. Yeah, and and Jerry fit right into that mode. He was that kind of ball player mm-hmm. you know he would he would you know get down and dirty and brawl right and uh and that's what really made him a great color guy mm-hmm. you know is because you identified with him you know you, you very very easily invited him into your living room you know on those summer days you right. know with the red Sox and whatnot and uh and he spoke our language mm-hmm. you know and that uh that was really the epitome of the appeal of Jerry Remy and what made him great. And, right. uh, and he is very definitely going to be missed. Very yeah. definitely going to be missed. And I'll, I'll, I will second that, not being a, a fan of the franchise or whatnot, but I know the impact that he had and how synonymous he was with the Red Sox. And that's one of those, uh, again, I think a little piece of Americana that's yeah. falling by the wayside. Yeah. Because in no other sport that I can think of other than baseball – do the fans really attach themselves to those announcers they see via television? Maybe because there's so many games and it does cross over an entire summer, you know, yeah. and you, you yeah. listen to these guys growing up. You know, for me as a Mets fan, it was always Ralph Kiner. And yeah. as he got older, and he probably overstayed, you know, his, his welcome in the booth, but you yeah. know, he would come in drunk and whatnot. But <laughs> those guys that you listen to as, as youths through all these games and everything, you do form a, a bond with them. And it's yeah. very sad when they pass on, retire, very and, and much whatnot. So. Jerry was uh, an expert at a lost art in baseball. He was a master of the drag bunt. <laughs> you know, he was, he was a little dude. He was fast as hell. Right. You know, and he'd drop one down the first baseline, and it was a race. And yeah. it was like, could the pitcher get in quick enough, get off and throw it again? 
And he was quick, you know. And that's like I said, you don't. Unfortunately, in the modern era of baseball, you don't see that anymore. Right. You know, but Jerry'd nail your ass with that shit. Yep. You know, you get a little lazy, you get a little, you know, whatnot, and he'd drop one on you, boom, sure. first base, done. And like I said, that's the epitome of like, you know, the working class guy. Exactly. You know, he didn't hit yep. home runs. You know, that wasn't what he was about. You know, he was a quick little bastard, and mm-hmm. if you if you took your eyes off him for a minute, he'd nail you with a drag. Would bring his lunch pail to the games. Yeah, Something totally. That everybody can totally. relate to. I hear yep. you. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah, a- a- excellent one there, and he will be missed. And uh, you know, for me, um, similar but different. You know, fortunately, the person I like to say signing off to uh, is retiring. Yeah. He's not passed away. It's uh, Mr. Steve Summers, who um, is uh, the last original member of WFAN Sports Radio in New York City. Okay, uh, which was formed back in the, in the mid '80s, and all the different personalities that have come and gone. Steve Summers also known as the schmooze, has been there the whole time, often on the overnights. And uh, he had a very distinct way of speaking, which yep. I'm just going to throw this in air quotes because I do not mean to defame anybody by saying this, but those from New York will get it when I say he sounded very Jewy. <laughs> and his, his delivery, the way he would use prepositions, the way he would make up words, it just fit the, the bagel and schmear and a cup of coffee culture of New yep. York City. Yep. And I will never forget when he really endeared himself to me was during the A-Rod steroids scandal. Yeah. And I was on my way home real late one night, probably from a DJ and gig and just exhausted, you know? Yeah. And I turn on the fan to hear what's going on with the Mets. And here he is doing a spoken word version of The Pusher by Steppenwolf. <laughs> yes. And I immediately <laughs> knew not only what, what was he saying, but why he was saying it. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. this guy gets it, you know? Yep. When yep. everyone else was saying, oh, well, he lied to Congress, or but he's a great player, and all these different facets of the argument, yep. he went comedy, and it worked. And it was, yeah. a, it was a knockout blow. So... Something about those overnight guys. Yes, they just get it. Yeah. You know, they, they, it's like left to their own devices without a program director hovering over them. Yep. Sometimes the, the, the gems shine yep. you know, on the overnight. Yep. No doubt. So, you know, the, the fan has changed a lot over the years, and now they're going for a younger set, and it was time for him to move on. And I get that, but um, definitely they, they miss a little something that's genuine New York now at, yeah. at this point. Yeah. But I wish him well as retirement. And I say thank you because inadvertently, from time to time, <laughs> Because I listen to them so much, there might be just a little bit of the schmooze in me when I'm doing this stuff. Well, given your your past history and and my past history, we definitely identify with the late night guys. Yes. (laughs) And uh, and yeah, it's it's a shame uh, that to a great degree, uh, they're kind of going by the wayside. They're kind of being lost. Because they were they were very distinct characters, right? You know, and they're not replaceable. Yeah, they just really like aren't. you know, at other times we've lamented um, the the passing of the classic DJ as yeah. a as a vocation. Yeah, uh, the same thing now is going to be said for many of the talking heads on radio and TV because yeah. everything now has got to be scripted. Because if I not, know. accidents happen. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave yeah. that at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, the, the, the accidents were some of the best shit. Oh, yes. They really were. And one of my, my favorite memes now <laughs> is still the one about the guy that was apologizing on air after, I forget exactly what it was he said, 
but he's continuing to apologize, a baseball commentator on yeah. air, yeah. and saying, well, I'm, I'm a very religious person, and anybody that knows me is, oh, there's a home run out to left center, and that's going to no. drive in two runs. And by the way, I might not ever broadcast again. Yeah, yeah I, I do remember that one. I forget who the name <laughs> right, of was. Right, but it's but like it left like... to their own devices, this is what happens. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, what can you do? But hey, right? Whatever. So that's going to probably do it for this episode of Riffs and Rants. And this, by the way, is episode, dare I say, 91? Damn, really? Holy shit. Down the rabbit hole we go. Oh, evermore, evermore. So on that note, (laughs) thank you so much as always for joining us. I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.